This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to a show that's on the internet. It's called the Formation Lab. My name's Luke and I'm joined as always by my partner in mild misdemeanors, Tim. It's been a while, dude. I'm not gonna it, lie. It has it has been a minute. Our uh, our apologies to our listeners. We have uh we have had an inadvertent hiatus, an unintentional hiatus due to unmitigating uh, uh roughness on our schedules. Yeah. Um. In in retrospect, uh, I'll be honest on my end. I probably should have seen this bad boy coming. But um, between our last show, I have been in. Let me count. One, two, three, four. Uh, five, six, seven, eight states and two countries. And Tim, I, th- I, I have not spent a week end in the state of Minnesota since mid-April, and uh, I know you are every bit as busy as I am. So, yep, it's been a been a bit of a wild summer for us, but we're getting back to some yeah. semblance of control with our schedules. So here we are this evening. Yeah. Gathered around to talk about the old motorsport that does make our hearts go pump, pump. Indeed, indeed. And I'd also like to point out, passion is still there. Uh, Most of those states that I've been in, I've been in because, Tim, I don't know if this comes as a surprise to you, but like when you start working in racing more, you get less time to watch other racing for funsies. So you have to start watching them on delay. (laughs) Yep. And, yep. uh, but, uh, do you know what? I'm then, I'm gonna be honest with you, Tim. Uh, I think there are some interesting storylines. I know the last time, uh, I saw you, uh, we were together at, uh, the Indianapolis 500 and, uh, that was a thrilling win. Super happy for Joseph Newgarden, to be honest with you. I know this is old news, but we'll get through it really quick. Very happy for Newgarden. Uh, feel like, uh, some guys got kind of robbed there at the end, uh, it was a really thrilling race the whole time. You, I mean, did you? See, I didn't see the Polo incident coming. Um, I didn't see the Grosjean incident coming. Um, you know, there, it was a really wild race. Uh, the 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 Motor Speedway definitely did pick its champion this year. And uh, man, what just just what a race! Yeah. I think I think my hottest take is that knowing how the 500 has been run over the past few years. I didn't really have uh, that much of an issue with how it wrapped up. Um, and also to be honest with you, Marcus Erickson definitely got the benefit of one of the call, one of the red flag calls. So then when he was a sitting duck on the other red flag call to me, okay. Right. Like he would have been mugged uh, on the second to last red flag call. If they didn't drop the red really quickly. And then, I don't know. I just I I understand there's a controversy every time, but for the most part, it's run the same every time. You know what I'm saying, Tim? So like, yeah, it's and you know, it's like it, a strike zone where there has fudge factor, but it's consistent, and everybody knows what they're getting into. So like, if it's a little off the books, yeah, it, everyone's it, known for 20 years that this is how the 500 ends. It, yeah, that, that's how they prefer it to end, mm-hmm. and they're going to do everything in their power to make it un. And, but they're going to make it fair. So even though sometimes some guys get screwed uh, just because of the circumstance, but yeah, yeah, no, and, I mean, it, I, yeah. I think it's a, I think it was managed well. Uh, it could have, you know, it, there, there was no way they were going to end it under a caution. Um, so, you know, it's a lot, not Lamont or anything like that, which 
was a banger this year. Well done. Yeah, well was. done to force a Ferrari. Holy moly. That was first uh, win since Lamar 65, dude. Holy stromboli, they got a trophy. Uh, <laughs> it right? was it was really good. It was really thrilling that? to see that passion. Dude, you hear that, Ford? All I'm going to say is Ferrari's got that little swagger back in them after a Lamar win. It's time no, to... I- it's time for a new. It's time for a new GT. That's all I I'm gonna say. Uh, I <laughs> yeah, after the fiasco that was the last GT, I highly, highly <laughs> doubt that. Well, um, Tim, they could give it the old college try. I did love. Wasn't seeing the, the head of that GT. project arrested for fraud? Well, in, in Tim, conjunction with little, the development of the GT, lots well, a little fraud in the world of big motorsports. Little fraud, like, little uh, little essay t- there. On be, the side. Be, yeah, well, who, Tim, who cares, Tim, right? I'll be straight up with you. What, what? Name me a motorsports figure who has not committed minor fraud. Uh, brr, uh, you know what? I'm not going to disparage uh, my my coworkers uh, in this uh, arena. So uh, I will continue <laughs> forward uh, with this discussion. <laughs> In Every... some way that'll back out of this nicely. That uh, Look here, I, I folks. don't want to do that. But anyway, you, you can't see me. I'm looking at the camera right now. Your favorite team owner, team principal, has committed fraud. <laughs> I know he admitted it with his acid bath car. I, I'm aware of this. <laughs> I, am, I am familiar with the conversation that that we had about that. Yes. But, no, no, uh, no. I don't care who your favorite owner is. Come on. <laughs> I was thinking Roger Penske, but I well, I know Roger Penske, but I'm telling you, like, dear listener, think of who you like most. Is it Gunter Steiner? Is it Christian Horner? Is it Toto Wolf? Maybe you're a big and dready guy. Maurizio Rivabene. Yeah, yeah, Maurizio Rivabene. What's a little mild fraud between friends? Anyway, Ford GT, we want it. Um, do we, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't like we, we did that dance like, as someone who I, has I had the privilege on. of watching a Ford GT race in person in an endurance race. Tim, Tim. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Lamont was a thrilling, uh, race dude, to watch this Lamont year. Was, was like a freaking Coke bender of a race, dude. It, it was, was great. It was great. The prototype class was great. Um, you know, seeing that that new Renault in flight was great. Seeing, uh, you know, a, a NASCAR actually not turn do half bad. Uh, yeah. you know, for the entire twenty four hours, I had actually bet our super producer Dylan uh, that it wouldn't see nightfall because uh, Jensen Button uh, recently tested it and got out saying it was the hottest car he'd ever driven. <laughs> he didn't know how he was going to stay awake for yeah. that long and that that much of an oven. So, uh, you know, it, was uh, like, it didn't look good, but they made it. Let me let me ask you this. All right. Uh, do you think that after Le Mans, if you were a sports car guy, not like I this is my new favorite sport. But do you think your respect for uh, NASCAR just went up? Minded for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, minded. I, I I am not uh, uh, short on my criticism of NASCAR and the way they've handled things. And I make the 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 very real uh, comparison between the two uh, of them and Formula One in in going for the wrong things and changing the wrong things mm-hmm. and alienating your your longtime fan base and ruining literally the whole thing, uh, you know, by by doing that. So NASCAR is the example of, to me of of a sport that tried so hard to pander. Uh, to new audiences that they lost the nuance they lost what made them special and they lost their way now they're working on their way back 
Um, and seeing a car, you know, that like the, like an, a current gen NASCAR blast like that, that was really quite cool. And to see that the hands of a, you know, a Formula One world champion like Jensen Button, all the cooler. Uh, I, I really thought that was awesome. And then, yeah, the, the Ferraris showed up to play uh, and uh, they, they pulled off a really great feat. It was really cool to see you know, the passion break out, uh, in that garage. Now, as I understand it, Luke, and correct me if I'm wrong, their, uh, endurance in their WEC program is not, uh, related that much, if at all to the formula one program. No. Um, so basically as I understand it, and I'm probably getting fundamental facts wrong because I'm not doing a research right now. I'm literally pulling this out of the recesses of my memory. Um, Basically, F1 has a budget cap now, right? And Ferrari uses racing as their marketing, right? So Ferrari, the company's marketing program basically goes, well, we had a budget of about like $500 million a year, let's say. And now instead of F1 taking up 100% of that $500 million, they're taking up this percentage of that $500 million. So we have $400 million left in our budgeting why, why would we cut back on advertising as racing is for us? And why don't we just allocate that to a new team in sports car racing? And they're basically just letting team one run its thing, team two run its thing, and just never Bring the twain shall away. meet. I would not be surprised if it does eventually cross over. Because you see, you see McLaren, McLaren flirting with it. Yeah flirting with we're just one big racing team and we shuffle and we move and we but i would not be shocked if that's what ferrari does but i do believe yeah this uh this lamar uh program is years in the making but it does come um through the graces of the budget cap in f1 speaking of f1 there are rumblings coming out of uh, the recent canadian grand prix uh that i did have the fortune to watch but not the fortune to remember enough of. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I am experiencing major brain fog. Uh, I have been working for roughly 70 to 80 hours a week for the last few weeks. Um, And physically, my brain is just saying, nah, bro, boom, you're out. Uh, So I'm not able to remember a whole huge lot um, beyond a a few items that I'm not even sure are that accurate. I do know that uh, the George Russell Russell crash was quite quite a game changer for the race. But otherwise, the race did not uh, finish as unexpected as you would think uh, as with Max ran away with it. But Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton rounded out the rest of that podium. uh, And they stood afterward uh, with Adrian Newey receiving all their trophies. And it was really cool because uh, the the statistic was 347 wins on one podium and 200 of them are Adrian Newey. Uh, That's just wild to me. Nui, I think, is going to go down as the best car constructor of all time. Yeah, and that, I don't was, know. Yeah, that's that's a done and dusted title. Like, I mean, did to me, to me, uh, he already had that when Max won his quote unquote first championship. And we're not going to get into that. But the fact that Red Bull had down years and in their worst years, they finished second in the championship under Nui's guidance. Like imagine, imagine your worst ever season under your construction, uh, being second place. So like when they, 
when they officially jump back to being the best team on the grid, that's when you're just like, how can you, you can't argue against that. No, it's um, an, it is, it is inarguable. Especially uh, because Nui is such, he's so much the guy at Red Bull. Whereas Mercedes to me, I'm not saying that it's not a team effort at Red Bull, but Mercedes to me is a much more cohesive team effort of incremental gains and losses. Whereas Nui is just calling the shots, if you will. Uh, it's hard to argue against that. It's uh, 17% of uh, all Formula One races have ended in that, that uh, some combination of that podium, by the way. That's, that's absolutely wild. That's wild. <laughs> um, that's insane. Let's talk about, to me, do you want to talk about the good thing or the bad thing? Ooh, let's go bad thing first. Tim Checo gotta go. I'm afraid to say it. I I I I don't want to be that. I Tim, you know I give guys long leashes, all right? But he is pulling on my leash, and I think at some point, when you're pulling on my leash, you've overextended your leash with most people. And I think Checo, he doesn't have it. He ain't he ain't the guy. Yeah, but. How many guys are that guy? Besides that's a great Matt. question. That that's my I, real thing. It's like, oh, he's off, but like but, overall performance wise, he's still better better than half the field. He's just he's, in a car that is made into something superior by Max Verstappen, a once in a generation talent. But fifty one seconds off Max. There's one thing if you're 15, 20 seconds off Max and you're in second or third. You're in sixth. You're behind Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, do you do you feel he's lost the golden touch? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, you know, he's he's he didn't go after Monaco in the same way this year. He didn't go after you know he has he's had really had his nose clean and just driven his race except his race sucks. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. Early this year, it looked a little promising, but uh, ever since like the second or third round, it's not gone well uh, for Checo. So, and even then, it wasn't that great. Uh, I don't know. Checo got to go, but but who are you going to put in there? Alex Albon? Well, we know how that story ends. Yeah. You know, even though he had a resurgent and wonderful weekend this weekend, he won driver of the day, uh, and he was fantastic in Canada. But I, I don't think you throw. I don't. Who who can you throw in there now? Hulkenberg, Jesus. That's a great question. I I really don't know. Um, give me a second to ruminate on it because, uh, you did, I, it did bring a thought to me just now that like, do you find I was always a stan of this guy, right? I always simped this guy, but do you find? Day after day, race after race, watching Carlos signs that uh, your appreciation of Valtteri Botas grows and his yeah. legacy of being a number two. Yeah, he was a very number good, two driver. Uh, he wasn't a rear piece gunner. of shit. <laughs> yeah, he was a really good and serviceable rear gunner, but I kind of like how Valtteri is now. You know, he's got the mullet, he's got the mustache, he's, you know, rocking uh, a bike sponsorship. You know, he he's he's kind of leaning into his inner hipster. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. at all if he was a stoner. Um and I I I just like this version of him. He's still very, very fast. That's why I, at the Indy five hundred this year, uh, which you and I went to, 
uh, I uh, got an Alpha Romeo shirt because I, I kind of like Valtteri and how he's rolling right now. Uh, I should I should mention like like to me your my opinion. I liked him before, but I, to me, it's really his legacy of finishing in second, De Lewis, all these years. Because the thing was always, Valtteri can never challenge Lewis. Made me underappreciate the task that he had in front of him. Uh, or not specifically me, I think me to an extent, but especially others. Uh, it made you underappreciate the, t- the difficulty of the task that he had in front of him and how effective he was at locking down second every race every race hand bought ver yeah i just yeah i okay all right i'm gonna throw some names out here you tell me you tell me um i don't think pierre gasly would go in there but uh do you think uh do you think he would do better than checo uh no not on a consistent basis like every other, every any given Sunday, yeah, but not on a consistent okay. basis, no. Too early to tell, Oscar Piastri. Uh too early to tell. He's he's shows some fight against Lando, but too early to tell. That's the other one, Lando. Uh, actually, maybe. Lando's the guy who stands out to me. Uh, obviously, I think George Russell could do it, but George Russell is the heir apparent in. George Russell ain't going anywhere. I don't know how quite to say that more plainly. Yeah, there, uh, there's no good way to to really write out that he's uh he is 150 percent stimping for Mercedes right now. I I think Carlos Sainz could. Um, I I I want, but he wouldn't leave. I yeah, wonder they, they if cast Tra- him aside once, so yeah. he won't go back. And he's a Tra- Ferrari for crying out loud. He, he he's where he wants to be. I know you're gonna say, but he's at Ferrari. Charles Leclerc. No. Okay. Explain yourself because I have opinions. Um Charlotte Claire needs needs exquisite balance. He he's a driver who who has to have his car balanced a very specific way. And if he if it isn't balanced the way he likes it, then his performance typically gets really ragged. Um mm-hmm. and he complains and you know bitches about the car. Um I think that that car is so designed toward max's aggressive style of driving like like the you know the rake angle the, the brake angle all of it you know the the braking camber is is tailor made for max um so i don't think a, a charles would do well in a you know you know a one b car that's designed to match the the is tailor made to mm-hmm. match the driving style of another driver no way let, I'll I'll go on this. You stop me where I'm wrong because I agree that there's no way he could fill that seat, but for entirely different reasons. My I, thing is that Charles Leclerc, guy. Lord Charles Leclerc, is a head case in a lot of ways, and I don't know that he could deal with consistently needing to be the number two guy in Red Bull. He beats himself up all the time. In fact, to the point where like it starts be, it's already kind of sad, but it starts becoming like worrying. Like I hope you are seeing a therapist, kind of worrying. And I, if he is crumbling under the pressure of Ferrari, where he's the number one guy, I wonder how much better or worse his mental state is going to be 
when he's at a much more rigid Red Bull team where he is very obviously not the number one guy. Um, I think I think there's one guy. There is one guy who could and would do it better than Checo. Um, but I think the the that wouldn't be the danger with this guy. With this guy, the danger would be that he would overtake and annihilate Max. <laughs> There's one guy, you know him. I, I he has he, proven to to master his his skill to whatever the car is. He will take the car to its maximum, no matter what. I know exactly who you're talking about. Nando, Lord, Lord and Savior, Nicholas Latifi, Nando, <laughs> Fernando Alonso could do it. Fernando Alonso would do it. He, you know, if uh, you, know if they... you know what's crazy is last year I wouldn't have said you're right. This year I think he's proven he's a still a world championship caliber driver. Hundred <laughs> percent. You put him in that car, and he is after Max's throat. Yeah, you know, that is the remember... one driver that would not give him a, an inch of quarter and would work as hard as humanly possible to get Max to just untether mentally. And that's I would pretty agree. fragile. So I would agree. Actually, here's the interesting thing to me is I do think. Alonzo in his age 40 whatever season he's in <laughs> Dude, which is funny because when this podcast started we talked about how he was washed and a diva um but like how he was just old uh I I do think Alonzo has bought himself several more years on the circuit because he smells a championship he knows he has the form Still, there are points at the McLaren tenure where I'm not sure he thought he had the form. Yeah, but I think you're silly if you don't think that Alonso in 2023 is a championship caliber driver just stuck in a team that is just out of the reach in terms of pace. That might actually be part of the trade is uh, they would sign Alonso and forgive and forgive Aston Martin if they let him out of the contract early. That that's what it would be because they pretty much copied that fucking Red Bull. They did, they did. you know, they yeah. did it before with the Mercedes, and now they're doing it with the Red Bull. Um, and uh, so if they say, like, "Hey, we we won't come after you if if you let this guy go," uh, and then they're up the creek. So who knows what'll happen? Who knows what'll happen? Uh, I had one other point that I wanted to make as we look towards the uh, the Formula One Pirelli Grand Prix du Canada twenty twenty three because that's. Look, look, look. NASCAR names are ridiculous, but uh, F1 names can get pretty goofy themselves with the just amount of words you have to say. Formula One, Pirelli Grand Prix du Canada 2023. I know. It's... Uh, anyway. Du Canada. How, how do you, du Canada. Du Canada. Canadians. They're shifty people. They're not to be oh, trusted. No, they're not. They're the sweetest unless you put a hockey stick in their hands and then they become just the world's most lethal killers i don't know i don't know uh, i know at least one canadian who's done nothing but uh lie cheat and thieve all the time all I the think time you meant the exception not the rule mm, no 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 see i tell her that canadians can't be trusted and she agrees so i mean she would tell you what she you know, she's shifty like that she is she's a shifty sob or i guess dob Anyway, context, context. My girlfriend is Canadian. Anyway, I'm not being racist. <laughs> Alex Albon, Alex Albon coming in at P7. Tim, I, I, I think by the time this kid retires, 
I think you're going to be able to say he had one of the most interesting career arcs of all time. Because looking at Alex Albon right now, sticks it in P7, grabs six points. He's up to, let's take a look here, William, er, Alex Albon up to 12th in the standings, by the way. Uh, five points short of Lando Norris, but I have an Oscar Piastri, Nico Hulkenberg, Valtteri Botas, Guan Yuzhou, Yuki Tsunoda, Magnuson, DeVries, the sergeant. Um, so he comes up to he comes up to Red Bull, gets chewed out, is awful, spat down, out of F1, back in, in a Williams that should see nothing but losses, grabs seven points. You could argue he's out driving the Williams. D- Tim, yeah. is it time for Alex Albon to get a promotion? <laughs> What do we make? I, I don't know if he would do it again. I don't know if he would go to Red Bull again. I think he is like Pierre just Gasly, anywhere to do really well in the midfield. And I think if he if he knows what's good for him, he stays put. Okay, I, I, I just think. anywhere because I'm looking at like like let's suppose Lance Stroll retires. Uh, he won't. His dad owns the team. I could see him coming into Aston Martin pretty well. Alpine. McLaren, I think that those middle to upper middle teams are kind of right where he belongs. But it's wild to me that he. Can you remember the last time we saw a career arc quite like this? Pierre Gasly. <laughs> and, for much, and for much the same reason, to be honest. Um, you know, seeing them both rebound uh, and kind of regain some of their dignity and kind of pro- get, you know, propel with other teams. That's that's a good story. That uh, you know th- those are good things, but they're cast off. So the Red Bull program that is designed to chew people out, and you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, I uh, it's hard to know how to feel, really. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. It's funny because I just I, it reminds me a little bit of the Alonzo thing we just talked about, where he was. A god, then he was washed, then he was out of Formula One, and it's old man Fernando, and then it's, what the heck are you doing signing this guy? And then it's, oh god, he's a championship caliber driver, we all forgot that. Um, Granted, Alonso's ten times the driver Albon is, but... Um, it's I don't know. We're 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 in the era of weird careers. I'm telling you, man. We we, we are. truly are. I think we uh, are. So, who knows? Speaking well, of weird careers... Yes. I put this question on our little text thread here. Okay. Um, Sancio Grand Prix of uh, of Road America, uh, best track in the nation, uh, best road course in the nation. All right, I don't know how you're going to rank it versus the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for best track, but there are no winners in that. Uh, there are no losers in that. Anyway, Road America comes, it goes, good race. Alexander Rossi, between... Detroit between having not a flashy but a solid race in uh Indianapolis comes in with another top 10. There was a point last year, two years ago, where I would say Alexander Rossi was close to just being chewed up and spat out of IndyCar, right? I'm not gonna pretend he's an A-tier driver. He's not where willpower or where Joseph Newgarden or Alex Pillow is in terms of championship contenders. But is he back in that B, B plus, the tier two? Is he back in that sphere? Are we back into believing that Alexander Rossi 
has talent, and once he finds his groove, he can compete again? So, I mean, there, it, the fact that he had talent was never in doubt. The The mm-hmm. thing that was in doubt was, you know, his his consistency and whether or not he had, it had passed him already. It is nice to see him have a little bit of fight. Um, I have him see him have a little bit of consistency. Andretti, you know, just boned him the whole time. They had inconsistency in the pit that gets in your head. You know, it's hard to recover from that. Um, you know, because then the the whole thing's on your shoulders the whole time. Um, but no, I think uh, I think Alexander Rossi, <clears throat> Alexander Rossi has always been a serviceable B to B plus driver with A to A plus. Uh, you know punctuation in their career uh you know performance wise um he's never been that solid a guy all the way through like michael schumacher with several dozen a plus peaks throughout um you know or 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 senna or you know hamilton or jimmy johnson he he just has that a minus to a talent and you know he's yeah he's older now so it's more like a b to b plus talent at best so um I don't know. That's kind of my thing on Alexander Rossi right now. He didn't really do much to inspire the last few weeks, um, but he didn't. He didn't ruin your hope, which is in and of itself inspiring. <laughs> if that's where the bar's at, Jesus Christ, we're boned, dude. This is like if this is like if Ferrari managed like five podiums in a row without effing it up. Like, at what point is it's like you did the bare minimum? I'm so proud of you. Yep. Yep. Uh, people of standards, right? Yeah, speaking of uh, of guys who are uh, on a roll, Alex Polo, I'm not sure can be stopped this year. It, let me uh, let, let, at the Indy 500 by himself. Well, I mean, let me let me paint you. Well, let me well, paint. Well, he he lost it on the pit exit. It, it was I'm, his fault. Yeah, he still finished fourth. But let me let me paint you a little thing called the results of the NTT IndyCar series. Do you remember? Uh, who won the GMR Grand Prix in Indianapolis? Ooh, that's Alex Pelot. And, of course, he won this weekend. And, oh, yeah, Detroit was between now. that Alex Pelot has won three of the last four races, Tim, and finished fourth in the Indy 500. He could have won the Indy 500. He boned it. He, it's, a, it's a bad <laughs> streak. That, that's all there is to it. I won't hear anything about it. This, that, is that a might... random, this is a random hill I'm willing to die on for some reason. <laughs> he, he, I'll be honest with you. He was that mistake away, and I will give him that. Uh, he was that mistake away from having, I think, one of the best ever stretches of any car, any indie car driver ever. Because, like, how can you argue with a clean seep of May and also, oh, Detroit and Road America win? I I'm looking at the standings, Tim. It's he's at 324 points and Marcus Erickson is at 250. Joseph Newgarden, your Indy 500 champion, by the way, 243. Pato award 226. Scott Dixon, 226, tied with Pato. Like nobody's even good. in his stratosphere. Boy is doing good. No, they're not. And so. and here's 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 what I worry about too. Is let's suppose Alex Polo cools off and other guys start winning races again, which is probably gonna happen. This is IndyCar. Dude, like a guy like Scott Dixon is going to have to reel together like three wins just to get back up near him. <laughs> Do yeah. you have any idea how hard that is? Three wins is usually a championship season in and of itself. That's a lot of wins. That's a it lot is. of wins there, Cotton. That's a lot of wins. Uh, a lot of wins there. Doesn't uh, doesn't look good for anybody else, but it looks good for Polo and good for him, man. Like I I, I was pulling for him at the five hundred. He looked really sharp throughout all the practices to me. 
And uh, yeah, then uh, then it came in the heartbreak, the heartbreaker. Uh, you know, he could have set up and gone for the long haul, but uh, yeah, the opening stages, they it, it is always deceiving. You always get your hopes up. You no, always but do. you don't get dentist like Ferraris want to do, but you will get your hopes up and kind of rise and fall. And it's kind of, it's fun. It's passionate. The crowd was really fun this year. The crowd uh, was fun this year, man. It was electric. It was very welcoming as always, but it, but a little bit more so I felt like everybody was very chill. It wasn't you know, just as hot. And uh, it sounds like though, super producer Dylan has us in much nicer digs next year. Turn one, I think. Turn one, I think. I think the one thing that stood out to me this year when you mentioned the crowd was uh, I had a first-timer come up. He works with me at uh, the Midwest Drag Racing Series. Just managed to be kind of open that weekend and said, hey, yeah, I'll go. Heck yeah, where are you sitting? Um, So he sat a few in front of us, and he was like, this is the most all-walks-of-life crowd I've ever seen at a racetrack, which is nuts. And I'm like, dude. That's the beautiful thing. Everybody's just here for a good time. It doesn't yeah. even matter if you're a race fan. Get out. No, everybody helps everybody. You know, uh, you know there was there were families and and you know people cheering and being kind and nice to each other. It was a it was just a good place to be for for that moment in time. It was it was refreshing. So uh, absolutely, you know, thank you to the city of Indianapolis. You guys were great as always. And uh, I'm excited for next year, man. Uh, you know, hopefully I'll uh, have my work schedule a little bit better because uh, I came straight from a, an eight hour shift where I stood on my feet the whole day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I was, oh boy, I was dead. You were by dead. The time. You were it, dead. Was, it was so bad. I was just out cold. And guys were like, hey, Tim, are you? Oh, you're asleep. Okay, then. Yeah. I, I think I just fell asleep in my clothes. Yeah, you did. Uh, so, uh, next episode, we will be talking, uh, here's a topic for us next episode, July 2nd, the mid Honda Indy 200 at Min, Ohio. Um, when that comes around, I want to broach the question. This is a teaser for that episode. Is Chip Ganassi the new Penske? That is coming up and coming up next week. More of the formation lap. I've been Luke. And I've been Tim. See ya.